I'm Amanda Olberg, Managing Editor of Education Next. We invite you to join this week's Education Next podcast, available online Wednesday morning each week at educationnext.org. On the 10th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, Tulane University researcher Doug Harris reported in Education Next that the school reforms adopted in New Orleans in the wake of that tragic storm had lifted student achievement in the city by the equivalent of nearly two grade levels. We're not aware of any other districts that had made such large improvements in such a short time, he wrote. Several months later, in May 2016, Louisiana lawmakers voted to dissolve the state-led governance system under which those gains had been produced, a system that had produced the first school district in the nation comprised almost entirely of charter schools. Over the next three years, control over public education in New Orleans will revert to the Orleans Parish School Board. Does this move represent an overdue restoration of local control? Or is it the beginning of the end of the nation's most promising experiment with the new model of education governance? I'm Marty West, Editor-in-Chief of Education Next, and my guest today is John White, State Superintendent of Education in Louisiana and a key architect of the recent changes in New Orleans. John, thanks for taking the time to join me today. Thanks for having me, Marty. So let's start by looking back at the governance system created in the wake of Hurricane Katrina. How did it work and why were changes needed? Well, prior to the storm, New Orleans was the second second lowest rated school system in the second lowest rated state in the nation. I mean, by all measures, this was the lowest performing urban school system in America. Not just academically, but financially as well. Absolutely. I I mean, the FBI had opened up a full-time detail in the school board office just to show you how bad things were from a corruption perspective. So it was a problem. Uh, When you have no students, as was the case after Hurricane Katrina, an entire city that had been vacated, you have no revenue. And when you have no revenue, you have no ability to operate schools. And so the state said, in the absence of that, you having now Orleans Parish School Board vacated your contract with teachers, we're going to place nearly 90% of the schools under a governance structure called the Recovery School District, which had existed before Katrina, to say that these schools need to be freed from the school board and need time to recover, and the last 10 years have been focused on that recovery effort. So the recovery school district was a mechanism by which the state could take control of low-performing schools, and basically the state used that authority to take control of virtually the entire district in New Orleans? It did. And and, and then how did the recovery school district sort of manage the schools that it now uh, was in charge of? Well, they had a choice, and you know I wasn't there at the time, but I came along a couple of years later, and mm-hmm. it, uh, over time, my predecessor and I led the process of converting each of those <clears throat> schools to a charter school. And so in a sense, that's where the question of control, local control versus state control, kind of breaks down. Because in truth, the control in the system in New Orleans now is with a group of volunteer community boards who operate the schools, parents who now have unfettered access to schools because there are no more geographically drawn zone lines, and the teachers and principals who actually run the schools on a day-to-day basis. Government, whether it's the Orleans Parish School Board or the state, is just a regulator of independently controlled entities. But the Recovery School District, the authorizer of these charters, was in fact a state body, right? No question. um, And and just so we provide the full picture of the system, uh, the Orleans Parish School Board still existed and played a role throughout this period. An important role, yeah, an important role. And the Orleans Parish School Board 
is itself a charter authorizer. It has four schools that it runs, but it is, for the rest of its portfolio, I believe it's 15 schools, it is a charter authorizer. So to some extent, it's embraced the same theory of action as the recovery school district? It has, but it's also fair to say that the schools that were left under the Orleans Parish School Board after Katrina, they were the schools that were doing okay. And oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, those were the more selective schools. It's a different thing in a city where the school system is uh, nearly exclusively low income, 90% African American, it's a different thing to run the selective schools from what it is to run the schools that are at the ones that nobody wanted to go to or very few people cho would choose to go to. And the test coming up then for the Orleans Parish School Board is, can you become a charter authorizer for all of those schools, not just for the few elite. So that points to the change that was made in the summer of 2016, right? Or the change that was put in uh, motion uh, to be implemented over the next three years. So things seem to be on a very positive trajectory in New Orleans. Obviously, student outcomes were nowhere near where you and others in the state would like them to be. Um, but as I mentioned, uh, things seem to be improving quite rapidly. So why was the change needed at all? Well, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about local control, and I think people kind of posit this thing as being part of a local control effort, whether it's a community-led, more left-leaning local control agenda, or whether it's a limited government, local governance, more right-leaning local control agenda. I, I don't view it as either one of those things. I think it's good that parents get to choose their schools. That's the most local form of governance, and you can have that under a state system or under a uh, locally elected school board. But I do think that in order to understand New Orleans, you have to know that you still have the entity that raises taxes, you still have the entity that controls the buildings, is the Orleans Parish School Board. Under our state's constitution, they are that. And if they are not part of the reform effort, then you don't have a wholly reformed system. And until you give them responsibility for serving the schools that have historically served the underprivileged in our city, you don't have any impetus to reform that district. You just have a district that is overseeing the schools that always have been of quality. That's not reform. And you can't claim that the New Orleans school system is reformed when there is a temporary recovery intervention rather than a permanent central office intervention. If there's one thing I learned from Joel Klein, among many, it's that the schools will not change until the central office changes. And you don't have reform in New Orleans completed until you have a changed central office. So the Orleans Parish School Board um, has over time been very critical of some of the chartering efforts, right? And so now they've all of a sudden inherited this enormous portfolio, larger than any in the country, of charter schools. How do you expect them to approach that task? I mean, uh, should we be worried that they're going to steadily erode the autonomies that I think have proven to be useful in New Orleans? Well, remember what the law does. You know, there are about 14,000 school boards in this country. There's one where in state law now, it says that they shall offer a universal open program of school choice. There's one that says that every school exists on a contract and there can be no monopoly operator of schools, including the school board. There's one where it says that the superintendent of the school system, not the board, is the charter authorizer. There's one that talks about weighted student funding formulas. So this is now etched into a state's statutes, a portfolio model of school system. They're then charged with how to fig you know, figuring out how you do that. And so far, the progress has been very good. It's not to say it's easy. It's a hard thing to go from operating uh, a more successful set of schools to authorizing what are historically low-achieving schools. It requires hard decisions. But they're on the right track, so much to a point where governance, although it should concern us, 
Governance actually now, 11 years after Katrina, is not near the top of my list about concerns and risks in New Orleans for the future. To some extent, what you've created now then, it sounds like actually could be more of a model for other cities and how they could reform their governance systems. Obviously, a lot of people were very interested in what happened in the wake of Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, but oftentimes the immediate next comment was, well, but you couldn't do this anywhere yeah. else. And it sounds like to some extent, you're trying to create a model that could be adopted. No question, elsewhere. no question. And you know, I've heard some comments in the reform world over the last year. You know, oh, this is a return to local control. It must be a political thing and all that. But the thing that I ask people is, given all of the state interventions around the country, and I taught in a failed state intervention in Jersey City, New Jersey. Given all of that, there's never been an end game that was a successful reform. There's been a retreat, mm -hmm. but there's never been. Let's leave something fundamentally different in our place when we leave as a state. And that's what it was always designed to be. We are in our state doing the first and certainly most significant in terms of scale, state-led intervention that actually has a positive reformation at the end. And if you don't agree with our positive reformation, I understand that. But if you don't have a vision for what it should be, then don't come to the table. What is because, your end game? Exactly, because if you look at Memphis, if you look at what they're considering doing in Georgia, if you look at what Governor Sandoval already passed in Nevada, if you look at the powers of the Texas state superintendent in his office, there is massive authority that states are exerting out there. And it's not clear in any case what exactly the end game will be. Somebody needs to take the lead. And in our state, this is one way of saying, this is how you can do it. It's so interesting because I think the lack of an end game is critical because uh, state takeovers, I would argue, are inherently non-sustainable. It just can't work that you have a governance system in a state where a single school district is uh, you know, operated by the state with no local yeah. control and local control exists everywhere else. That tension that that creates was highlighted in New Orleans, I would think, because of some of the racial dynamics or, uh, you know, that exist in the state uh, and who's in control of which institutions. But just nationally, regardless of where you're talking, uh, it's, it's not a sustainable situation. No, it's, it's not a sustainable situation because in the American education system, the money and the people mm -hmm. is in closer proximity. It's at the local level. If you had a system that didn't have school boards, maybe it would be sustainable for the state to intervene and sustain. But the resources in the American system are at the local level, and the state cannot forever be a proxy. At some point, you have to build the capacity to be a progressive organization within the system. And yes, people will rightly say, look at what's happening in New York. School districts are fickle. But that's why you write into the law mm -hmm. what it is that they have to be, and it's why you send, in our model, 98 cents on the dollar to the school. That's in the laws of our state. That school board office in Orleans Parish can never be more than an organization that authorizes charter schools and operates on two cents on the dollar. And that is not an ephemeral thing. That is a lasting structural reform that never would have happened had the state not gotten involved, but also had the state not said, it's time for us to take a step back. So if governance is not at the top of your list of concerns, what keeps you up at night when you think about New Orleans, what is at the top of the list right Talent. now? Talent. And, you know, we are a city that uh, had an incredible tragedy befall us. But from the ashes of that tragedy does come an outpouring and nostalgia and sympathy and uh, goodwill from the rest of the country. And some of that was financial, some of it was federal, some of it was philanthropic, but a lot of it was just people people from within New Orleans taking greater responsibility for civic outcomes in New Orleans, and people from without saying that's a place where I want to be. But if you take away that, New Orleans is still a mid-sized city in the South, 
It has incredible cultural assets. It has an amount of affection from across our country that almost no other city can claim. But it is still a mid-sized city in the South. It's a mid-sized city in a state where education attainment is at the lowest levels among states in our nation. That's a historical disadvantage. And when the affection gets back to normal levels rather than post-trauma uh, levels, well then all of a sudden some of that desire to contribute civically from within and without can dissipate. And all of a sudden that pipeline of organizations and people that want to contribute to the betterment of children, that can dissipate. That's our long-term problem. Authorizing is important. Good quality charter authorizing is important. But if you don't have a pipeline of leaders from within and without to get to great schools in the first place, the authorizer doesn't mean a whole lot. Really places a premium on growing talent from within. Absolutely. From sourcing it locally. Absolutely. Well, uh, thanks, John, for the conversation today. Uh, thanks for sharing us what your priorities are going forward, and uh, we wish you the best of luck with them. Marty, thanks for the time. Thank you for tuning in to Education Next's weekly podcast, released every Wednesday morning. For more on education reform, visit us online, educationnext.org.